With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Buzzcast early edition today. So uh, those of you in the chat room, good on you for paying attention. All right, Russ, what's going on? I'm going to bring up some some baseball. So interesting thing happened yesterday. Um, <clears throat> the Mets signed a um, oft injured pitcher, Luis Severino, to like a one year deal for 13 million. He um, he really hasn't thrown over 100 innings since. Well, he did two years ago. He threw 102, but really a standard for today's pitchers. If you want him to be, you know, in the rotation, should be around 150 to 180. He hasn't thrown that since like 2019. And so they get him for one year, 13 million. And I'm like, I just don't believe that they're doing this. So then afterwards, they, they you know, they got rid of one of their um, popular uh, middle infielder utility guys a couple of weeks ago. And they get like a guy now that's really so nondescript and 33 years old that it doesn't make sense. So, you know, right now, even with the money that the Mets had, they have a GM that's never had money to spend. And so, so far, he is sort of acting like a GM that will spend money when he feels like it, but otherwise wants to kind of show that, you know, he's smarter than you and me and, and everybody right. else. And then these things are going to work out and he's going to be a genius. But he doesn't realize that New York's not the place to do that. And the Mets fan base <clears throat> is not probably not the right place to try that out because they do have the money and they shouldn't have to take gambles on injured or older players. And yet so far that's what they've done. And the worst thing that you could do if you're a, if you're a Met, a new, especially a new Mets GM is to go out and get a former Yankee and a former Yankee that no Yankee fan wanted back right. because the guy has been injured off and on. Well, you know, four or five years ago, People thought that Luis Severino was going to be the ace of their staff, and he's had right. consistent injury problems. And last year was one of the main contributors to them their downfall because of the lack of availability. And he was just a gas can. And they spent thirteen million dollars on him. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's that. I mean, my my brother is a Cardinal fan, and the Cardinals went out and signed. Uh, Sonny Gray, who is a good pitcher, who pitches well in smaller markets, and Lance Lynn. But at least Lance Lynn is like an innings eater type of guy. Right. He'll throw 180 innings. Right. And and that the problem is, is that you don't know if Severino, if best case scenario, Severino stays healthy, pitches 150 innings, and is a good third starter in the rotation. But the likelihood of that is about the likelihood, again, of the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup which is yeah. not likely. Yeah. So it's an interesting, it's interesting times because, you know, this is the first impression other than just clearing out some, some other talent that the new uh, he's not, he's not a GM. He's not going to hire a GM. So the new baseball of operations guy can kind of show the fan base. And, you know, right now, not good, but that's it. Yeah. Not good at all. All right. Let's go with today's date guys. <laughs> Oh, is this a cooperative effort now on the date? No, it's still still November. All right, ready? Here we go. 
The Hockey World is Thursday, November 30th, 2023. I'm Michael Agello, and for Christmas, I'm going to buy a, a calendar. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. I think tomorrow is December. Tomorrow is December. That's right. And actually, you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you once in a while. Uh, it's on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And um, we're happy to have you all here. I'm going to do some rumors today, too. Um, but uh, what, should, what should we start with here? Um, I, you know, Patrick Kane. We should start with Kane. Yeah, yeah Kane. I've been on the air since, we, since the Patrick Kane thing happened and the Brie Perry thing as well. So we got a couple little things we can discuss there, too. So um, Patrick Kane signing with the Red Wings. Um, a little bit, I'm surprised on this one. I was, I, was, I was surprised on this one. I honestly was. It was a one-year deal. I, I thought he could maybe get two years from somebody else. We all thought he could possibly get two, but that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, one-year deal. Like, so, you know. Now he um, it's interesting. Obviously, gets to go play with one of his old buddies from Chicago. There, you know, um, to bring Cat, which is going to be interesting. But um, yeah, I think um, I mean, it's this is a very un-Steve Eiserman thing to do. I'd love to have Kevin on to, to discuss this at some point with him. But I'm, I was really surprised by this, you guys. Well, okay, the the one thing I was surprised at, and I don't think we can be surprised about it anymore, is what Detroit has done since July, because clearly there was either impetus from the Illiches or from Iserman himself to sort of crap or get off the pot because the slow rebuild, I mean, you know, they've signed Cop, they signed Comfer, they've traded for Debrinket, now they've signed Kane. There's definitely a motivation here that you need to make the playoffs or you need to be at least consequential this year. And I think they're consequential. I just don't know whether they're good enough for us. I mean, we're, we're questioning their – I think their defense is better, even though they have Justin Hall, the most overrated defenseman in the NHL. Um, <laughs> but but uh, their goaltending is substandard. Yeah, I you know, so it's two things. So now with Patrick Kane, they won't be in last. So I'll be wrong on that prediction. That's okay. Yeah. I'm fine with it. But I still don't think they're making the playoffs because they still can't stop the puck like Mike said, and their defense is still suspect. I watched them in that Ranger game. And I thought they played a pretty good game for two periods. Yeah. And in the third period, that game started to change. And it started to change because their defense was just running out of gas because the top four gets played a lot. And, you know, the bottom pairing's not good. And the Rangers roll a good four line. So Laviolette kind of wore them out, wore them down. And I think that's going to be their problem. Now, somebody might say, hey, they'll go out and get a defenseman at the deadline. Yeah, okay. But I don't think Steve Eisenman's parting with any of his big assets to right. do that. So they, they're going to get somebody just, you know, like a middling guy who's just going to kind of be a fill-in. So I think if this is – I think the one thing I got exactly right with Patrick Kane was he was looking for money, and this was the most money he could get. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it could turn out to be it could turn out to be a great signing. He's, he says he's going to just need a couple practices, and he's going to be back in the ice. Um, yeah, I mean – I mean, obviously, the the lead up to this, I mean, he had displayed in the video that he circulated, I think it was in mid-October, that he was close to being ready. And, you know, it's the 1st of December tomorrow, so you would think that he just needs to get out, get his cardio up a little bit to, to, to start playing. The question is, what Patrick Kane are we going to see? Is it closer to the Patrick Kane um, from 2021, who I think I think he had 90 or 2022 that had like 90 points, or last year where the best game that he had was right before he was traded when he scored a hat trick. I think it was against Toronto actually. And then with the Rangers, he was sort of 
okay. He just you could see that he was being limited by something. If he's close to being the guy from the previous year, then it's a coup for Detroit. But I think it's going to take a while for him to ramp up to that. Yeah, I, you know, the chat room's telling me that Detroit was down a defenseman. The defenseman they're down is Petrie, who's old and not very good yeah. anyhow. Yeah, like that Petrie Sharat. How's that? How's that pairing going to look late in the season? I don't yeah, think right. it's going to look good. And having Olimata in is never good. But yeah. heck, the other thing is, and this is something that now all the other players on Detroit are going to have to deal with. So yesterday, Patrick Kane, oddly enough, where does he take his first skate? MSG, right? Yeah, he right. has to do it. He's definitely going to be in the spotlight. He gets the the interview on on national TV, and he's not even playing. So now. Yeah. All the focus shifts to Patrick Kane on this team. All the focus. Yeah. And if he's playing great, it's going to be great. If he's playing like he played on the Rangers, it's not going to be great. And we don't know where it's going to be. But I'm just saying he will get all the focus for like the next he's month. A huge media magnet, you know, and he's yes. going to bring every and you know, and that could be good for some younger players. Maybe they have, to have the pressure off them a little bit. Um, you know, like Cider and guys like this who've been who've had to talk to the media will have to talk to them less now. Um. He is a good. He does have a good work work ethic around the rink. I think that's always good to bring around young players. I think I was thinking that partially. You know, it's like okay, we're going to bring in a guy who is you know who's, who's going to be good around young players. Um, I I think you know I I'm looking forward to seeing how it works out. I am still kind of shocked by the fact that you know we obviously don't have the issue anymore where 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 you know you can't go to a to a team that you hated. You know, like because Chicago Detroit rivalry is obviously enormous. Um, and to go from Chicago to the Red Wings is kind of a, I don't know, to the to Chicago fans, is your Chicago fans feeling today? Are they feeling any bit of a, like a shot in the dark there? I think it's been there, done that because he, you know, if I think had he gone directly from the Blackhawks as a free agent to Detroit, then I think yeah. it would have been more of a stab in the in the back. But yeah. he was traded; they got something for him. You know, he clear, clearly the Blackhawks want to move on from the. Taves, Kane, Keith yeah. uh, era uh, for a number of reasons. And I don't think that there's really, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the reaction is when he comes back in red and white uh, when they play at the United Center. I mean, I don't know. I don't know when that is. I haven't looked at the schedule. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it really rings any bells. I, I do want to also applaud the chat room because David's like, hey, it was Shea Gostaspear too that was out, who's our second best defenseman. If she, and I understand his point levels. I do. And I understand the points that yeah. he got in Arizona, and I've watched him this year. But if yeah. he's your second-best defenseman going down the stretch and you need big games out of him defensively in the third period, good luck. Yeah, you're not going to get defensive games. That's not his job. And, you know, if, and he doesn't play well when put into that position, in that role. That, if he, right. He, he hasn't had any pressure on him in two years. Yeah, you keep him out of that role, and he's going to be fine. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not a role you want to see him in at all. Um, I guess we should discuss the kind of the, the, um, the Corey Perry thing a little bit. I mean, it's not, there's not much that goes on that really hasn't been talked about, I'm sure, by everybody out there. Um, Corey Perry has always had a reputation of being um, a person that, you know, love him. some people love him, some people absolutely hate him. And I, I've seen, for years I've heard people say things about Corey Perry that are just like how much they hate him has been pretty shocking. Like I thought it was pretty um, ironic that, you know, that how much the guy was hated. And now obviously – you find that ironic? I thought that that was known. It was known, but it, it was to me. 
it's rare that you hear a player like if I was talking, if I was asked, if you were to ask me the three players that people are that are hated the most by other people in the league, he would have been up there right away. Like, well, been, there's a difference between being hated on the ice and hated in the locker. Right, but, but hated, no, but I think it was more hated just as a person. Like it, it, it was really, it was always just wasn't always just on the ice. Obviously, he's hated on the ice because of what he does on the ice. He's, you know, he's a disturber, but. Um, I, there's a lot of different, different, different ways to approach this. One is, you know, the whole thing of, okay, you know, the rumor world going crazy with this being, you know, okay, this is Connor Bedard's mother to like other. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that was, see, okay. When, yeah. and we, we saw this when it first came out and when you realize it came from hockey insider, you know, that it's a load of bull crap. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and, and plus I, I was talking with somebody, another reporter and I'm like, this is the same rehashed bullcrap rumor that was a few years ago. If you remember, there was stuff about yeah. Patrick Sharp and somebody else's. It's all crap. So well, this has been going on. Right? Yeah, there's yeah. always been these. No, it, it is crap, and it's been going. On. Go ahead, Russ. Go ahead, Russ. No, I'm saying there's always been these kinds of things. That's right. But the only thing is, is if I'm a team, I don't touch Corey Perry. Well, it, with a ten-foot pole. Well, okay. Yeah. That for so that that's the interesting thing here. So so. Obviously, and if you saw Kyle Davidson doing sort of verbal gymnastics uh, in the media availability, they can't say anything. <clears throat> it's a human resources issue. You're never going to find out what exactly happened. I'm sure people in the league know, and that will determine whether Corey Perry will ever play in the NHL again. But I have a feeling if it's not something, if it's a one-time event and it's something that's not an ongoing thing, Somebody's going to give him a chance because he's he's because even at his advanced age he's been a difference maker, and he's going to be he's going to come cheap. He's probably going to he's probably going to come at veteran minimum. I mean, and this is a league that hey, Evander Kane got a job. Yeah, but it's different. The kind of stuff that he's being accused for, and the kind of stuff Evander Kane is being right. And that's the thing we we don't know. And I'm not defending Corey Perry. We don't know exactly what he did. And I, you know, I don't want to be put in the position of defending him because if he did what is rumored to be out there, it's reprehensible. And Russ is right. If it's something that was a one-time event and a misunderstanding and whatever, we don't know. We know that Chicago basically has to be cleaner than Caesar's wife because of what happened over the last couple of years. So they have a no tolerance policy about what's going on. And they decided, okay, we can't take this. We have to, we have to cut ties with them. I get it. I understand it. They were in the right to do that. But now you've got teams out there that are desperate that might've been interested in Corey Perry before he went to Chicago. They might still be interested. I don't rule it out of hand that there's a chance he gets a job. Yes, I'll tell you why I rule it out of hand, and then we'll see what X says. I rule it out of hand because we haven't heard anything from yeah. Corey Perry or his lawyer or anybody. Nothing. No, we heard from his agent. Oh, we did finally. Okay. His, his, his agent came out and said he was he was he was taking time away from the team. That was before. That's it. So that's all he said. Just taking time away from the team. That is not going to sit well, Mike, with other teams. Well, that was not taking accountability. Hold on. No, that was before. That was before. That was before before the decision was made. So where's, so where's this, a statement? Right. No, I, I I agree. That's a problem. If he doesn't make a statement that now, the thing is this also act could be a PA issue because if he was, if he was, terminate and and remember the pa might get involved in this because he was making four million bucks and he was terminated after a you know 
couple week investigation. And then they went out right after that and traded for a $4 million player in Anthony Bavillier. So you could say they were motivated because they wanted to open the cap space and they wanted, you know, the whole, that will be something that the PA will bring up with the league. And I, I, maybe not because they haven't said anything. That's the thing yeah. They've and got the time to do it now. Is to me, to me, a, a big thing. Like the fact that we haven't heard anything. Peep one peep from the PA, and you know, and the fact that they put Pavilion in there. I mean, this is Chicago has plenty of cap space. You know, that's not even an issue, right? So the um, but they have thirty days. I think they have thirty days to to appeal. So there, there could be, t- yeah. you know, there could be appeal, and we don't want to say you know innocent until proven guilty type situation, but. Right. It does, and you know, and and if I'm Perry, I'm not saying anything now either. Like I think you have to have to. You have to. You have to come out with something, even if it just says, "Hey, I understand this. Uh, right. It's not what you think." You have to put some sort of thing. Yeah, like I'm cooperating, like cooperating with the team and everything like that. Right. You know that kind he's, of stuff. Yeah. They have said nothing about this. And the PA has said nothing, which I think is a big sign. Other than he's taking time away, I don't, I'm telling you, yeah. teams are not going to like that. That's just my guess. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any. There's any way in this day and age that he's going to get a job. Um, I, I don't, I'm kind of with Russ on that one. I don't. I don't see it happening at all. Um, so let's get into some rumors because defense, mm-hmm. the, the, the defense situation has just got even more complicated with um, the Giordano injury. Mike, we talked about. We were talking about that beforehand. Um, Giordano's out for a week. They're saying week to week. Mike's guess it's six weeks. I think a broken finger is usually at least a month. For for I would say four to six weeks. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on a podcast. But I would say, yeah. you know, if, you know, if it if it's a thumb, it could be longer. But usually, if it's a broken finger, yeah. um, that's something that you know they need to probably put a pin in it. I would say I would say minimum is four weeks. Right. If it's a playoff. It might be less, but so where the, the obviously we've got the team in Toronto that that has to start winning games. They have to start. They have to they have to get into the playoffs. You know they're still they're still battling to get in the playoffs. The trade well, deadline is a, is two months away, roughly, right? So right. You know, well, this is the funny thing. It's like and and I, I I will sort of out myself here just as as a point of hilarity. I was watching that uh, the Toronto Florida game on Tuesday. And right. Evan Rodriguez scores in the shootout, and the yeah. announcer Gord Miller says, "Leave, you know, uh, Panthers win." And I was, you know, I, I thought the game was over with, so I went upstairs and yeah, uh, do a few <laughs> things. And um, I, you know, then I turned on Edmonton and Vegas and didn't think anything of it. And then the next morning, I find out that they waved off the goal. Yeah, uh, the Rodriguez goal, and then Noah Gregor scores in the shootout, and the Leafs win two to one. They're eleven. They're eleven five and three, I believe. They're you know, right now. They're in a wild card spot. They're in a playoff spot. So, I mean, their their defensive situation yeah. is not like ridiculously desperate as it was last year when they lost Riley and Brody, yeah. and you know they had yeah. Paul and Giordano as their top pairing. They had half the Marleys up there, but it is right. bad when you're playing. You know William Loggison and Simon Benoit, and just Connor Timmons just came back from an injury, and, right. and he's going to be playing 20 minutes a night. So I'm sure Brad Treliving is out there looking for a defenseman, but this is the time of year when, yeah, yeah, uh, I'll use the expression that uh, a uh, hockey insider, not the hockey insider, but a hockey insider always says, when a team is trying to help you out, they're not throwing you a uh, a life preserver, they're throwing you an anvil. And, you know, a team right now 
yeah, we'll offer you this defenseman, but we want a first round pick. Um, no, I mean, the Leafs might be able to get through the next month with a depleted blue line. Right now, if they fall behind, then they might get more desperate. They're supposedly in on Zadorov, but Calgary yeah. apparently is going to hold on to him probably until closer to the deadline. Um, there are other defensemen out there. The, the interesting name out there, Russ, and he's supposedly coming back within uh, the next couple weeks is Ethan Bear, who's a UFA. Yeah, um, I think I, my, the ship has sailed for me and Ethan Bear. Well, I, I mean, they're 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 in a desperate two three years ago. Sure, now they're in, a, they're, they're in a desperate situation, and he's a UFA. You won't have to give up anything, and they might have cap space because of the Klingberg thing. So, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying yeah. Rachel Dory. If you want to get Ethan Bear for two weeks, fine. There's, I mean, well, there's a lot of teams the year. My point here is, there's a lot of teams out there looking for defensemen right now. This is yes, yeah, sorry. And you know, if Boston's very hot on defensemen right now, they're trying to find a defenseman. Uh, yeah, devil. but you're talking about a different level of defenseman. Boston, Boston's probably looking for Boston's probably looking for a bottom pairing veteran type guy, whereas Toronto's looking for a top four. Boston's, I mean, I mean, Boston's been talking to Calgary about Noah Hannafin, so I think he's a top four. And um, you know, I think that you know, I, I believe Hannafin. I mean, the, the Calgary Flames have three defensemen out there right now. You know, that are on the market. Um, right. In in they have um they have Hannafin, they have Tanev. And they have, and they have Zadorov. Zadorov. Um, right. a lot of this, this is a really heavy, like when I'm working on the rumor chart right now, it's a heavy defense, defensive lopsided um, amount of players. They've been more defensemen, more top quality defensemen than usual, and less well, top quality forwards than usual. So I'll, get, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you two more names that we'll probably hear about a lot between now and the deadline. One is Matt Dumba, who signed a one year deal with Arizona. Um, yeah. He, apparently the Leafs were in on him before they signed Klingberg because he was asking for over $5 million and they really couldn't afford that. And he wanted multi-years and he ended up taking a one-year deal with Arizona. He's not putting up big numbers with Arizona. So, you know, the Mac Dumbo of a few years ago may be in the past, but I think he's still, yeah, he's a good pickup. And you're still going to be giving up two draft picks for him. You will yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't look at all of what Matt, Matt Dumbo's done in, in Arizona, I think that you know, no, I wouldn't either. I think he's going to be like the top guy out there. Um, and the Hannafin thing, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, yeah, I know he's going to go somewhere eventually. I don't think he's staying. I mean, obviously, Boston and Hannafin have been tied together forever, obviously, for obvious reasons, right? So, well, yeah, I mean, they blew up a whole draft not right. intentionally because of it, but right, um, whether they get him or not, and maybe that puts somebody else out in the market if they do. That's fine. It's a tough time of the year to get anybody. And that's why even Zadorov, I think, I think Calgary, even though they said, like Mike said, they made him available, they're not at the point where they're willing to put up the white flag yet either. So right. They they made him available, but they want they want top end return. And and they're, you know, we gotta remember, I mean, I I think I like Zadorov as a player. I like what he brings. He's probably on a good team. He's a bottom pairing. He's probably a fifth of five. Right. But, you know, but he's playing in a, in the second pairing, I believe, and, and Flamester can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I believe he's playing in the in the second pairing with Calgary, and he'd probably play second pairing with Toronto because they're so desperate right. right now. But he's not a really great offensively, even though he scored 14 goals last year. He's a big, tough defenseman. He's slow. 
Um, so there's lim- you know, there there are things about them that that are positives, and there are things about them that are negatives, and that's why, like, I don't I think a team out there wouldn't mind pay, trading a second round pick for him, but. Right now, Calgary's in a position where they can demand more than that, and I don't think a lot of teams are willing to to trade what Calgary's looking to get for Zadorov. I mean, it is tough for Calgary to be in a position of trading three defensemen at the same time because that puts them in a weird in a weird spot. Yeah. Because you, how are you going to when you do that? That's a that's a really logistical nightmare. Like the GMs don't like that because you know they go to basically say, okay, Boston, so they want they want too much from Anaheim. All right, well we'll go to Tanev, you know, whatever. What the, that kind of that kind of thing is not what a team like Calgary wants other people would be doing they want to be able to like keep that keep that solid um I'll let, yeah, you so my- yeah, let me just add one thing and then again flamester can correct me if i'm wrong calgary because of their issues over the last couple of years they don't want simply trades where they're getting futures they want hockey trades they want players back they want defensemen yeah. to replace tanev and zadorov and yeah uh Hannafin. that's going to make it tough now that might be easier with teams have to move salary out to bring salary in but hockey trades as we've seen over the last couple of years are tougher to make but I they think are, they are, go ahead Russ. the elephant in the room here Eck, is um the flyers could conceivably trade up to three defensemen i know but they have a coach that there's no way if you tell him they're going to trade a defenseman right now that he's going to be on board with that well so this they is may, where they may wait until like two weeks before the deadline to make any of these guys available, even though teams are going to try and get players before then, and they may they may end up passing on deals. Well, I'll ask a question here. Who the hell is the general manager in Philadelphia? If it's Danny Breer, he trades who he wants to friggin' trade. Yeah. Okay, Mike. No, well, I mean, no. If he's not, if he's not, then, listen, then he- you could say that, and it's very easy for you to say that sitting there, but when you know who your coach is, and you know that it's John Tortorella, you know that there's going to be many discussions before any of that goes on. Right. Yeah. I mean, Tortorella knows. I mean, I, I do think Prehera is the general manager, and I do think he will trade whoever he wants to. But at the same time, I was right that you have a situation where, you know, the coach there is is has is definitely a guy who has input, you know, like a lot of input. He has a lot um, of input. Not, 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 not as much as maybe he has in other situations he's been with, but it is because he's not on a winning team. He's got some input here, you know, for sure. Let me give you my defenseman list that I have so far that I've put together. Okay. So some of the guys that I'm backing. So um, Hanavin, uh, like Tanev, Zodora, we talked about those three. Um, I mean, obviously one of the guys you're talking about, Rush, Sean Walker, who is, who is really, Sean Walker, um, yeah. who's, um, who's, whose stock is rising pretty well because um, he's playing mm-hmm. very well. Um, okay. And you know, the Flyers will definitely be moving him at some point, uh, I would think. Um, I would think will, so. You know, they might have to wait until, like you said, they might be and waiting. These are all too long these are all rent- these are all rentals. Yes, Ilya Labushkin, you know Labushkin out of Calgary, out of Anaheim. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, he's a good one. Um, also, um, the reason the reason for him, right-handed, he's a rental. Right. Salary is under three million bucks. So yeah. I mean, there might be a team, and he was. Most of these guys are all like all under three hundred three million bucks. Right. Yeah, they're all pretty reasonable. I mean, Boquist, um, and uh, and Peak, uh, you know, in Peak's been, on, Bo- Peak's been on the Peak's been on the on the trade market since the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah, he has been, but it, both those guys are you know are definitely guys you can look in look towards. Um, Dumba, like you said, um, uh, in out of um. In, in San Jose, there's another one, you know, that, that people have, some people have talked about. Um, for, for teams that are looking for a goalie, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, he's a goalie, right? I'm like, I, I switched my goalie list. I, it's, it's, okay, um, 
Steeler and Philly, you know, I was like, you're yeah. talking about Steeler and Philly. Even though I think if Torts is still the coach, he's going to push to get him re-signed. But, but yeah, yeah. Steeler should be on the list. Yeah, right. And uh, Sandheim and Philly. So, and, you know, he's still on I don't think two. it'll be Sandheim. I think it'll be Mark Stahl. I think they're going to, I don't, A, I don't think even with this year, however it turns out and it's going better than it, and we could have imagined for Sandheim, I still don't think a team's taking that contract. That's the problem too. Yeah, I mean, he—it's it, hard to say because he does have—he does have his, 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 you know, guys out there that really like him. You know, like Sandheim has sure. people around the league that really do like him. It's possible he could get some team that really needs defenseman hooks up with one of the one of the GMs that really likes him, and then they—they they could happen, I think. But um, it's a relatively strong defensive market as of now. It's yeah. deep. It's deep, but it's not strong. It's deep. It's it's deep in what the kind of, and and you know you're not going to get a number one or number two defenseman at the trade deadline ever. No. You know, I mean, the, the closest you're going to get is Hannafin and you're going to have to pay through the nose to get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're going to, you're going to have to give up a, and people are really are very nervous to give up direct first round draft picks. So I do think you're going to see more hockey trades. Um, I think a lot of hockey trades, especially given the salary cap situation next year, this is, it's really, it's really a tough situation for right now for GMs to know what exactly they can do. And I, I think this is going to wait a while, but you have to look at the teams that are fighting for playoff spots. You know, like Boston can wait a while. They can, they don't have to make this deal right yeah, now. Yeah, Boston can wait, but you know, um, they can they can definitely wait. But New Jersey and New Jersey and Toronto, they need to, they need to do something. You know, they need to do something. Tor- I, hey, I, I, don't get me wrong. I don't think the Toronto situation right now is fantastic. Obviously, because you know half yeah. their defense is hurt, but because they're not like. They're not in a position like Ottawa or Buffalo is, where they're out of the playoffs. So right. they can, they can, you know, basically strap down and play like they did last year when they were shorthanded with a lot of defensemen. And if they play like that, they can get through the next three or four weeks, get through after Christmas, and then the prices, you know, because right now you're playing, you're paying desperation prices, and that's. You know that's something that Tro Living doesn't want to do. I think he yeah. he's going to weather the storm with the with the max with the Maxine Lejoies and Logasins and Benoits and try to get through the next few weeks. If they lose another defenseman, then they're in deep trouble, and then they're probably going to have to make a trade. Yeah, I mean another thing we're going to be looking at this is the forwards, but um, you know, is 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 Sean Monahan? He's going to be an interesting one to follow because he's, yeah. he's picked up his game again. His, his and, values dropped tremendously, though. Like he's not, he's not the. He's not the same player he was in Calgary, Russ. But they will for teams looking for center depth. The, the you know he he could be a third line center for some team on a Is good team. Yeah, I know. Obviously, Elias Lindholm is going to be a big trade deadline. I don't player. know if they're going to trade him. That's that's the funny thing. I I don't I don't know. Does he have a no trade? I'll check. I don't think he I can see him pulling a Matt Sundin. It just seems like that's there's a possibility of this. Yeah, that'll 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 engender great feeling and in, in don't you get that feeling? It's possible. I'm I'm looking right now to see here. Um, he, doesn't have any, he doesn't have any trade protection. Yep, nothing. So he, okay, can go so he will get traded then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he's four point eight five million, which is manageable for what you're getting out of him. You know, that's a I good, good number. See him wearing a spoked wheel on his jersey. Yeah, I mean, hey. No, I don't think they're going to give up big assets to do it. I don't think they'll do it. I mean, you don't think Boston would? I think Boston has the least of the assets to give up. They'll give them up. Yeah. It depends yeah. on if, you know, depends on if Don Sweeney is going to go all in like he did last year. I don't know if he's got, you I don't know. I think he can. I don't think there's enough to 
even get Lindholm for that. Well, Edmonton, Edmonton Lindholm, I, I, heard, I heard a rumor about Edmonton looking at Lindholm. Yeah, I can see that. Calgary trading with Edmonton. I know. Well, you know, dogs and cats living together. We're at the point, you know, where we are, right? So, yeah. But but Lindholm would be a perfect fit for Edmonton. Like he would, I think he would be a great addition to Edmonton. Colorado. Colorado yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. But Colorado's got their own problem. Like I, I brought up the other day, Eck, um, they're using, overusing Alexander Georgiev to the point where uh, I think he's the played the most minutes of any goalie in the league. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. And I think he's a number one, but he's never played on a schedule like this. And I just think they're looking for trouble with that. So yeah. they're going to have to get a goalie, I think. Well, they, they've they've played Prospetov a whole three games. Right. So, you know, which they played – Georgiev has made the most starts in the league. He's got the most wins. But his save percentage is under 900. So, obviously, yeah. you know, the, that workload is is hurt is hurting him a bit. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, trying to see what else I have on my list here. Um, well, okay, we – you you have to you have to look at the teams that I think are, I mean obviously the teams at the top of the league like Boston and the and the Rangers in the East are probably going to want to add something before the deadline, but they have limited cap space. Um, honestly, I think the Carolina situation in goal, um, with Freddie likely out of the picture for the rest of the year with his. Um, situation. Yeah, I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he's coming back. And Ranta, you know, he Ranta has consistently been injury prone throughout his career, which would leave him with Kochikov as the only goalie. And there have been questions about the confidence that Brad Brindamore has to the point that they were going to bring in Yaroslav Halak. I mean, he played great last game, so. No, and I and I and I, you know, I think he's a good young prospect, but it's a but it's a question of the belief. I know that team. Now talk about another another defenseman act who could be uh, a trade candidate is Brett Pesci. Um, yeah. now, the, now the question is that might be a deal where a team is willing to make a hockey deal who's looking for a defenseman, and if they have a goaltender, you now there's there's a there's a potential hockey deal. Because I think Carolina, I mean, I, I, I would hope that Don Waddell is under the realization that. He's not going to win a Stanley Cup unless he gets a goaltender that they can depend on. They haven't. They have not gone down. I saw that down way. the other day. I didn't ask him that. I did actually see him. Um, I don't know, Mike. I don't think they think that way. Well, they're they're, they're wrong, but okay. I mean, if I'm they want, saying, if they want to, like they if, they want to stick, if they want to stick with that belief, then they're they're free to do and so. I don't think it's a guarantee. Pesci goes. They may just go ride it yeah. out with him. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I do have the, the 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 Columbus has called Johnson back up from the Myers. Um, yeah, I mean they had to. I mean he was one yeah. of the best players in the AHL for a short amount of time, like the yeah. eight or nine games. It was just five ridiculous. Goals, five goals and ten assists in ten games. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, it's I just mean, ridiculous. They banished him there. But let, let's 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 talk about Columbus for a second because yeah. that situation. You have Pascal Vincent coming in and replacing Mike Babcock when Babcock was fired. And clearly from what has gone on in terms of them being, I think, over the top, sending Kent Johnson down to the Lake Erie Monsters and benching Patrick Laine, 
that Pascal Vincent is trying to be Mike Babcock without being Mike Babcock. He's trying to be the tough cop. And it's not working because that team right now has dramatically uh, uh, been disappointing. Uh, they're not getting great performance out of Merzlikens. They're not getting a lot of consistent offense. The, uh, the, we know that they upgraded their blue line with Severson and uh, um, uh, 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 um, uh, Provorov from the Flyers, along with Wierenski coming back. They've been a real disappointment. I mean, right now they're at the bottom. They're in the bottom of the East with with uh, Ottawa and Buffalo. I mean, they're. I, I can't see the big turnaround here for them to make the playoffs. So this is another another yeah, failed year, pick, man. Yeah, another failed yeah. year for 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 Yarmo. And I don't know how many more bad years Yarmo can have there before it comes back on him. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I mean, it. it, it really Something's going to change. Whether it's Yarmo. Whether it's John Davidson, something will change. I mean, the injuries have been so brutal the last couple of seasons for him. That's 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 where he's getting. That's yeah, but they're a fan base. Act. You know this, and I know it. They yeah. have to stay active in the trade market, and otherwise, yeah. our fans will stop showing up there. Yeah, yeah I mean, Severs, yeah. Severson is out right now. They've lost Roslovic, so you know they've lost two pretty key players, and they're just not getting great performances out of the guys that they do have. So. I mean, it may be a situation now where they, they not blow it up, but they need to maybe do some sort of paradigm shift with that team to bring in something. Because, I mean, you're locked in on Goudreau for another six years. You're locked in on line A for, I think, three or four more. I, I don't know anybody, uh, three more. Uh, I don't know anybody's taking line A the way he's playing right now, making almost $9 million a Nobody's year. Line Nobody's, he's, he's radioactive in terms of the way yeah, he plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure. it, the thing is, it's like you have to you have to look at the teams right now that have been dramatic disappointments, and you have to wonder whether um, you know something's some you know a shoe's going to drop. We saw what happened with Minnesota and them firing Dean Evison, and it clearly Bill Guerin didn't want to do it, but he was so locked in on the cap situation and long term contracts that he signed that he had no other choice but to fire Evison in favor of John Hines. I mean, Edmonton was desperate to fire, uh, you know, they didn't want to fire Woodcroft, but they had to, and now they've sort of turned around a little bit under Knobloch, but they're, you know, they're a ways away out of, of getting back into the playoff race. Now you have to think about what's going on in Ottawa and is DJ Smith in trouble um, because yeah. they've, they've disappointed. I mean, they, yeah, he definitely is in trouble. I don't think I don't think Don Granado is in trouble in Buffalo, but they no. realized that uh, Devin Levi, you know, it was not doing him a service to to keep him up as the as the third goaltender. And gee, how many times over the summer and during leading and through trading camp did we say putting your number one goalie at 21 years old into the NHL? Yeah, it, wasn't a good move. it was just not a smart move. But they yeah, I hear a lot of a lot of talk with the around the Sabers with Jake Allen, um, and I think that that's something that I could. I could see happening. I think the Sabres go for Jake Allen. I think he would be – they went sooner than later. They can't wait till the trade deadline to make that move, though. They have to make I, it sooner than later. I think they're going to give a run to, to uh, Lukanen. I, I, I don't get a feeling that the, that a goaltending trade is in the in the future because even though Allen I – th I think Allen is a, is a UFA at the end. He of the is. Year. I think it could happen, Mike, if Lukanen fails. And yeah, so oh, I, yeah. No, no. If Lukanen arrived five – Five to ten games, but you know, if Luke, if if Luke, if Luke, if Luke, fails, fails in December, and they and that the, it's either a choice of making a trade or going back to Levi, then I think they make a trade because I think I 
there was no open-ended statement when it came to Kevin Adams in terms it was open-ended in terms of right. well how long do they want Levi to stay down in Rochester I think they want him to play um I still think they believe in him but I think they want him to play and get experience and that doesn't mean play down there for two weeks but I think it's more likely that Allen goes to Edmonton. We know Edmonton's desperate, and they're apparently going to bring Campbell back, but we know that's not going to be a solution. Yeah, I don't know. I Again, I don't know how much more Edmonton has to give up to get Jake yeah. Allen. I don't know if Montreal is going to want to do that. Dylan Holloway? Yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't think they will. I, I just – because they know Ken Holland's gone after this year. And so I don't think they're going to give up any potential prize prospects. No, how much it's going to cost though. Like, I don't, I don't think Jake Allen's going to be that expensive. He is, he is a UFA. Um, I think I mean, it costs, I think it costs them one of their prospects and a draft pick. Yeah. And I think, I think if it's the wrong draft pick uh, prospect, rather they can't do it. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, for sure. I just, I don't know. I, you know, again, Edmonton's won just a few games lately, so I can't say they're back in it either. So I mean, no, nobody's going to do Edmonton any favors, and it's like you know, I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you know, they're not trading Evan Bouchard, obviously. Broberg is somebody I think they would trade. I don't um, know. I mean, you would think they'd want to, but he has no value as a defenseman right now. Zero. Well, he, he might have a he might have value as a defenseman to a team that is right now. Like I mean, you know, Montreal is not going to make the playoffs for a couple of years. So would they be interested in a 21-year-old defenseman who's got offensive – 22-year-old defenseman who's got some offensive ability? I, I think they might, but – If I was the GM, I'd have no interest. Well, yeah, but we're, we're, we're talking about – Ken. we're talking about uh, – yeah, Again, all these GMs, all these same GMs, most of them were at the same draft I was where he was drafted and knew he was going to go down this road and maybe not even become a decent defenseman – uh, so that he could play defense all the time. And if he can't, why the hell would you want him in a big trade? Like, no. Yeah. I mean, that that's going to kind of surprise you guys. I think. Okay. So the team, the team in the NHL right now who has spent the least time follow this has spent the least time trailing per game. So like, you know, in within, within a game on the average, what team has spent the least time trailing in those games? Um, they, with, it's like so. It's like a ten-minute thing. Like ten, basically ten minutes. They've been trailing so far. Vegas. Nope. Nope. This would be the New York Islanders, which is a crazy stat. I know um, the Islanders. You know who have they? They. Uh, but Islanders fans will tell you that this is true. That they're in games. They've been blowing it. They're finding different ways to lose all the time. Um, so they're losing they're, in overtime or in shootouts, is what you're saying. Right, and they're losing, and they're losing, and they're losing in regulation too. But they're losing in late regulation, and yeah. and or you know they're keeping it. I mean, a lot of the Islanders have been ahead or tied. Basically, it means they've been ahead or tied more than anybody else in the NHL. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that's not surprising in the sense that they can't score. So, and they, but they can yeah. play defense, so they keep the games close. But nothing has changed. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, it, it's ironic that the Islanders right now, okay, what has changed? Nothing. They can't score. They play good defense, and Sorokin is one of the best goalies in the league. So, does that mean they're going to sneak into the playoffs? Well, I think the East. There are more good teams in the East this year, so I I don't know whether they're going to be able to sneak in. They're in a tough division, and teams that people thought were going to make the playoffs, like New Jersey, are on the outside looking in right now. So it's going to be tough for them. I I, I don't I know I, you know me how sour I've been on the Islanders. I don't think they're making the playoffs. Yeah. We'll see. Um, they're they're they have a better chance of making playoffs than I thought they'd have um, when the season started. Uh, that's what I'll say about them. Um, 
I know how much you love Gretzky, so I had a good Gretzky stat for you. Uh-huh. Uh, you do really like this one. Um, yeah, but, I'm, just, um, I may, I'm just dying to hear this one. Yeah, so Gretzky, Gretzky in his career scored had to had more four point games than he had games. I saw that stat. I, I that, that that's yeah, that's that is enough. Oh come on, you yeah. gotta say that's not. Yeah. No, mean, it's, no, one, there's no one that comes close to that in history of the NHL. No, I mean that's not even that's not even. It's extremely impressive, no, no, no doubt. I mean, but obviously the NHL was a different league back then when you had. Um, I mean, he had 212 points the one year. You yeah. know, there, you know, there were players that were in the 150s and 170s, like like uh, like Lemieux. So it's a different league. I mean, not to say that. I mean, I'd be more impressed if he had 212 points now because it's a completely different league. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, no, he, would, I mean, he would be in the 150 to 170 point range right now in the NHL easily. Um, I think, yeah. you know, I don't know if you get to 200, but he would be there, you know, just, just based if he was playing in the league right now for sure. I thought that that statistic was really, that was just to me, it was just kind of kind of crazy. Like, uh, there's a lot of Gretzky stats, that's a lot of records that he holds that are nuts, but that one to me, because how many people, how many teams, how many players in the NHL have over 200 four point games? That, first of all, to start to think about that, it's no, over 200 four point games. Nobody. Nobody's even. Nobody's. I mean, does anybody have a hundred point per game in show? I mean, I don't even know if Mario Liu can touch that. I don't, I don't think they know. can. That's that's like that's just a crazy, a, a crazy, crazy, crazy stat. So for those of you who didn't get a chance to watch him back in the day, you know, catch an old video. You know, I know Mike doesn't. Mike's not a Gretzky fan, but you know, I'm not denying that Mike's not denying I, okay. What was he? Uh, was he a great player? Yes. Was he the best player of all time? No. That's Bobby Orr. You got Bobby for that, yeah. No, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's some things. Bobby Orr changed. Be, Bob, Bobby Orr changed the game based on in a in a different way. But I think I think Orr changed the game in a more I'll use the term again paradigm shift than than Gretzky did. The, the league was a scoring league, and Gretzky the league was, was the best scorer. Yeah. But it was all the best time. Or change. I mean. You know, or changed the way defensemen play, and he scored like a four. True, true, true. and 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 he skated. He changed the way defensemen skated. I think more than anything yeah. else. Like one thing, if you go and watch old games where you can see, if you get a chance to see Bobby Orr play, you'll notice that he skates like players skate in the NHL now. Right. Versus versus, and everybody else skates differently. Like there's a different, there's a different kind of like just just the way their strides are. They're different. Or has or has the skating stride of players now? You know, um, Paul Coffey did the same thing. Paul Coffey had a different kind of different kind of stride, which people have picked up on too. And and he and he skated like that with knees that were you know today would be, I mean yeah. you know he he had he, you know the knee surgeries that he had were open procedures were not like arthroscopic surgery. I mean imagine right. modern technology with the with knee injuries that Bobby Orr had his career. Remember he retired I believe it was 1977, so he was in the league for 10 or 11 years. His career right. might have been much longer had. Had he played at a different in a different era because of medical technology? Oh, very, very much longer, very much longer for sure. And you know, and it's a shame. I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got a Bobby Orr pinball machine in the other room, which is really fun. Um, that the pinball Chicago machine, Blackhawk. I know, I just Blackhawk, which is really funny. Um, and that pinball machine, when I went on, my wife and I went up to see Kevin Allen get inducted in the Hall of Fame. We went up there and um, saw that that Bobby Orr pinball machine. They have the same one, the same machine in the Hockey Hall of Fame. 
a lot of people are pinball machine behind glass. It's pretty funny because, uh, you know, ours is not nearly in the shape there. That one is, but, uh, it's a great game. And, but Bobby, or just, you know, he just, just missed it. Um, he would be just, just successful today. Uh, Gretzky would be just as, would, would be almost as prolific. I think it's hard to really say it wouldn't be. Well, he wouldn't be as prolific because defense, because the players are better defensively. Now there are more faster players. I think I, I you know, goaltenders are better. I, I think that, you know, he'd still be, you know, uh, one of the high scorers in the league. Remember, he was not fast. He was elusive. He was not yeah, the fastest skater, skater in the league. Right, but he was always in the right place, and that's what that right. was. The whole, it was the whole thing with Gretzky was he was there before the puck was there, so he didn't have to be fast. He had that innate ability. First of all, he avoided contact. Yeah. Second of all, he you know he had the vision to see things three steps ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, all those things translate. You can be not – it's like sort of like Larry Bird. Larry Bird wasn't the fastest player, wasn't right. wasn't the strongest player, wasn't the tallest player. He just yeah. was the best shooter. And, you know, he just – he had all these innate things that made him great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I completely agree with that. Um, and, I, and I'm starting to feel like – are you – that, that Ovechkin's not going to get his record? I'm starting to feel I, that, like, you know – I mean, I don't know – I know he started off to a slow start, but I, I still think he's going to do it. I think he's going to stay around till he. I think he's going to be like Miguel Cabrera. He's going to stay around until he gets the record. Yeah, and some people are hard about that kind of thing. That's a terrible thing to do and all that stuff. But we got to remember that Gretzky had goals at the end of his career too. You know, that, that just though, like I mean, you know, in the sometimes you almost have to look at the goals in their prime. You know, like versus the goals of their entire career because Gretzky, Gretzky hung around for a couple of years too. No question. Yeah. About if, if Ovechkin scores twenty goals this year, it'll just take it'll take him an extra year. He will stay around yeah. and score and score. He'll, he may retire one goal after it, but he he will stick around. Yeah, yeah. Happily, say the entire time. I would guess so, but you know, I don't know. That's 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 the big question. That's pretty much all the time we have for today, guys. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will be back again tomorrow, Friday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.